My name is Tim. Good morning to you all. I'm on staff here at HCC, and Pastor Greg and Pastor James are clearly not here today. They're away on a much-deserved break, and so I have the honor and the pleasure of delivering God's Word to you this morning. Happy New Year! All right. Now, this is typically the time of year when we make all kinds of plans. You know, we're going to get to the gym more. We're going to lose some weight, maybe. Uh, maybe we're looking for a new home, I don't know, or a new car, or a job, or a relationship, or, or whatever it might be. All fine aspirations. But this morning, I'd like to talk about the opportunity to be connected with purpose in 2024. So I've got a question for you, something to think about right off the start this morning. I invite you to think about how being connected with purpose in 2024 will be a blessing to you. We talk a lot about making disciples at HCC. In fact, the definition of a disciple is on the back wall. You won't hear too many messages where Pastor Greg or Pastor James doesn't speak about discipleship. And so... It's a, it's a big thing. But the question is, why is disciple making our core mission as a body of believers? And the short answer that I have for you is that the disciple making is the core mission because this is the method that God uses to make us more like Jesus. And Jesus is perfect, so who wouldn't want to be more like Jesus but we don't become like Jesus on our own. God uses intentional relationships with each other as we look at the teachings of Jesus and we live them out together. This method is intentional, it's relational, and it changes us. So if we want to become more like Jesus, you have the opportunity to get closer to people in one of our discipleship groups, and that's calling, called being connected. So we've got a picture. Um, I asked our group leaders to send us some pictures, our discipleship group leaders, of what was going on in 2023. And we've got so much to celebrate. Uh, look at all the people who are connected, and that's just some of them. We've got close to 20 discipleship groups. You can clap for that if you like. Yeah. There's a men's group, there's a, a women's group, and there's lots of everything groups, and we've got young adult groups. And the young adult group from the fall just branched into three groups. They're multiplying. And I've had the pleasure of participating. Yeah, yeah. I've had the pleasure of participating in one of those young adult groups earlier this month, and it was absolutely amazing. They're relational. They have parties, they have celebrations, they have intentional leaders, they're biblically based, and they are multiplying. They're following the method that Jesus gave us for making disciples. Now, the older, the adult groups, which I'm part of as well, they're, they're pretty great as well. Um, we have three new leaders that are stepping up in January, and there's gonna be two new groups specifically that are gonna happen during daytime hours for people that might be shift workers or that daytime works better. There's gonna be a men's group starting in January during the day, and there's gonna be an adult group, both men and women, that's starting during the day. Now, I've also heard amazing stories about some of these groups in 
the last season. I've heard about a story where people who'd never heard the gospel before came to one of these groups in somebody's home and they heard the gospel shared as a story. And they heard the gospel for the first time in a group. And so it's amazing. Discipleship groups, they're having fun together. Some are going to movies together. Others are having Christmas parties together. They're inviting neighbors and friends to join. You see, because in these groups, we're encouraging people in the groups to spend time with each other, not just, you know, on a Wednesday night from 7 to 8, but throughout the week. Maybe they're helping to take down Christmas lights tomorrow. I could use some help with that. Um, Some families are spending New Year's Eve together. Some families from groups are even spending New Year's Eve together. As HCC, the discipleship groups have momentum. We've got a lot to celebrate as a church. I think you should give yourselves a hand. I want to look at the book of Acts this morning. We're going to look at this book within the Holy Bible where the early church is first described. And you can read about how the apostle Paul, he would plant the church and then he would leave and he'd travel from city to city planting many churches. And even though Paul knew he was going to leave a church and go to another one to go plant another one, he still was very connected to the people in the church. And one of the churches he planted was in Ephesus. And he spent three years in Ephesus. And after he left the Ephesian church, he went off to plant more churches. Well, he had an opportunity one time as he was coming back near Ephesus, and he called for the elders of the Ephesian church, and he wanted to meet with them. Now, when he was meeting with them, he knew this is probably the last time that he was going to see them, because he knew he was going on to Jerusalem, and he knew he was going to be arrested there. In fact, if you read on in the book of Acts, that's exactly what happens. He gets arrested in Jerusalem. But he was still really close to them. In fact, you might wonder, why is it that Paul would want to get close to these people in the Ephesian church if he knew he wasn't going to see them again? Here's exactly how the text describes it. It's on the screen for you. It's from Acts chapter 20, verses 36 to 38. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and they kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. Our eldest daughter, Maddie, is here this morning. I'm going to embarrass her just a little bit. Uh, No, I won't, Mad. When we took Maddie to UNB, to Fredericton, uh, to drop her off for university, she's in her second year now. When we took her there, I thought, well, you know, we're going to deliver her stuff. She's just four hours away. It's going to be okay. I bawled my eyes out. It wrecked me, not just for a day, but for a long time. And she's here now for Christmas, and um, she's going to go back later this week, and it'll wreck me again. In fact, my voice is quivering a little bit now. Um, our cat, Charlie, we have two cats, but Charlie the Wonder Cat, which is Maddie's cat, he will howl and cry at the door looking for Maddie after she leaves. And our youngest daughter, Susie, who was at the earlier service this morning, she's probably headed off to university next year, and that'll be very sad as well. But back to Paul. In his case, you get the feeling that he wasn't part of a church in Ephesus where you just come and sing and sit and listen and come back next Sunday. This body of believers, they were really connected. 
I mean, he's down on his knees. He's praying with them and he's embracing them. So how did they connect so deeply? I think there's two clues in our scripture this morning. The first clue as to why they connected so deeply is that there were tears. In fact, in verses 17 to 19, from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. And when they arrived, he said to them, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears. And in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. A little later on in verses 30 and 31, Paul's talking about how he is protecting the flock. And he says, even among you, your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Paul's a shepherd. He's protecting the flock. He really cares deeply about these people. And when he finishes, here's their reaction in verse 37. They all wept. And as they embraced him and they kissed him, they were connected deeply through hanging out together and caring for each other. And there were tears. Now there's a second clue here. The second clue as to why they connected so deeply is there is truth. Paul's preaching and teaching the truth in verses 20 to 21. I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but I've taught you publicly and from host to host. I've declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. Teaching the truth that's helpful to a body of believers without any discrimination, in their homes, just like we do in discipleship groups. In our discipleship groups, we tell stories. We tell stories from the Bible. In fact, if the intentional leader recognizes that there's somebody new in the group that may not know the Bible, they, tell, they don't even open a Bible. The leader doesn't open a Bible. They tell the story, the gospel story, as a story from the Bible so that everybody's comfortable, so that you don't need to know anything or be in a special way or do something special in order to come to a group. You can just come to a group and hear the gospel story. In Acts 20, 25 to 27, it says, Now I know that none among you who I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I'm innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. There were real tears, and Paul taught them the whole truth because tears and truth connect people deeply. Paul says in verse 18, he says, how I lived the whole time I was with you. And in verse 20, you know how I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. They were in each other's homes, learning truth together. They were crying tears together. They're having fun together. They were serving each other. They were growing. And this is why we meet in our homes in discipleship groups. Now, in my experience, some people will ask, well, can't we just kind of do church? And you can. 
And, and if you're here today and you're just hanging out with us and you're singing songs with us or being part of the congregation and you're hearing a message, keep doing that. Don't stop. That's a great start. You're welcome to do that as long as you like. But I suspect that you're seeing there's something amazing in this for you to be connected. There's a blessing in it for you. So don't blame me if you feel drawn for more. The book of Acts, uh, it describes the early church. People were hanging out together. They were eating together. They were serving each other. They were giving to each other. They were having fun, enjoying each other. And the Lord added to their number daily. And I do understand, though, that some people might look at this tearful closeness of the Ephesian church in Acts chapter 20 and prefer a more, you know, a come and go approach to church. Some people might not want to let church people, other church people, close enough to see our deepest hurts. I mean, do we really want everybody here to know what my deepest hurts are? Do I really want to get close enough so that people would tell me the truth that I need to hear? Do we really want to invest in disciple making, which means change, and you know how we feel about change? Speaking of which, a couple decades ago, when I first started to learn about Facebook, I didn't want to be part of Facebook. I mean, I don't want to be posting stuff all over the place where the whole world can see what I'm doing. And I had email and LinkedIn and text messages and voicemail. And I always like to make sure that my inboxes are empty at the end of the day. That's just how I was trained. And that's what I do. And so I didn't want to add now Facebook Messenger. And I have to have another thing I have to have empty at the day. Another thing I need to check at the end of the day. But then I learned, hey, on Facebook, you can connect to only those people that you want to allow to connect to you. And so, yeah, I use Facebook, and I found out it was a good ministry tool. But sometimes I, I meet with friends. I was uh, playing in a basketball tournament a couple days ago, and I attended another basketball tournament over the weekend and got to see a lot of my basketball friends. And when I'm hanging out with those guys, I like to invite people to come to either a group or to come to church or to come to a men's breakfast and I often hear a similar response from them as to what I said about Facebook. I really don't think I want to start going to church. I mean, I don't really think I can do that church thing. I don't have that kind of time in my schedule. You know, my calendar's kind of full. And I could say in response, well, you know, it's just an hour on Sunday. You really don't even have to come every week if you don't want to. There's discipleship groups and there's stuff for women and there's stuff for men and there's young adult stuff and kid stuff and youth stuff. You don't have to go to any of that stuff. Church won't demand a lot out of you. I could say that, but church minus being connected for purpose is something less than church. You might be able to have Facebook minus everybody in the world seeing what you're doing but you can't have church minus togetherness. It'd be like signing up to play basketball and deciding, well, I'm not gonna shoot the ball. It wouldn't be much fun. Church is doing truth together and doing tears together. And Christians need to be telling each other that it matters what you're going through. 
That's why we do tears together. Christians need to be telling each other that it matters what they become because it matters that we get to fulfill our purpose together. And that's why we do truth together. That's what church is. Now, in the culture that we live in, we might think, well, man, we're really busy. We're not like the Ephesians. We've got a lot going on. Not really sure we have time to do church in a connected way. But back then, they had busyness and distractions as well. In fact, we have shopping, but in Ephesus, they had a huge market in the middle of the city. I think we've got a picture of it for you. This market is called the Agora. I want to read a little bit about it for you. It had 125 sections for shops at each floor for a total of 250 indoor shops. Plus, the central outdoor area could accommodate 500 stalls. 750 merchants could do trade there. Little bigger than Halifax Shopping Center. We've got sports to watch. But Ephesians had a stadium to watch sporting events. They had chariot races. They had gladiator fights. Tell me you wouldn't go see those. And now we have movies to watch, but in Ephesus, they had a 24,000-seat theater. We have sites to visit, you know, Peggy's Cove and so on, but in Ephesus, they had a temple, which was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. We're busy, but so were the Ephesians. So in 2024, we've got an amazing opportunity to get connected. HCC is an amazing church. I love our church, don't you guys? I mean, it's growing, it's healthy. Even the building is growing in 2024. We have a wonderful opportunity to grow in a relationship with each other and to grow closer to God. We can be connected together and we can grow to be more like Jesus together. When we're connected, we're fulfilling the purpose that we've been given by King Jesus. And this is something I urge you to consider when you're building your 2024 plan. Because when a body of believers moves together in one direction together, it's a beautiful thing. Check out what the Bible says about churches where people are connected. This is from Ephesians. Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure, the fullness of Christ. Then we'll no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of the people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. And from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As we become more like Jesus, we value the church. We get close to people where we can have discipling relationships that help us to become more like Jesus. We know that Jesus values the church. Because in verse 28, he says, the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. The church was so important to King Jesus that he bought it with his own blood. Clearly, the church is worth our time in 2024 and beyond. We've got an opportunity to really lean into it. Doing church as King Jesus set it up.
Connected in intentional relationships so that we can be disciples that are equipping other disciples to be disciples. So if you want to be connected in 2024, we can help. Our discipleship groups are designed to provide just that. There's groups all over the city. They meet different times, different places. And our goal in these groups is to connect with disciples and help them to make disciples. So I want to come back to our opening question that we started with this morning. How is being connected in 2024 a blessing to you? What's in it for you? Now, maybe you're here this morning for the first time. If you are, we're so glad you're here. Special welcome to you. Maybe you're yet to become a disciple of Jesus. We're glad you're here. Excited that you're here. Maybe getting connected to a group is an opportunity to hang out in a, in a comfortable environment, a relational environment in somebody's home with people that you can learn to trust. We have guidelines in these groups where what's said in the group stays in the group, for example. And maybe that's an opportunity for you to ask some questions about Jesus from people that you trust. You'll get the answers. Maybe you're a disciple that's not yet in a group, but you're interested in doing more. Connected to a discipleship group is a great way for you to make disciples alongside other disciples because you don't have to do this alone. We get to do it together. Now, maybe you are in a group. What an opportunity to invite somebody new to the group who's yet to hear the gospel. Our groups are open. New people are welcome. We want people to come in and hear the gospel. Maybe that's your opportunity in 2024. But being connected to a discipleship group helps you to fulfill the purpose you were put on earth for. That's the best 2024 plan you could ever have. And so I can help you get in a group. If you have interest in being in a group, you can let me know. You can fill out a connection card at the Welcome Center on your way out. I'll get the card. I'll help you get in a group. Connected with purpose in 2024.